Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business. Removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. Hello, everybody. This month, just for our socios at patreon.com, there's a terrific big interview with Sir Les Ferdinand. He talks in huge detail about his formative season in Turkey with Besiktas, chasing a title in Newcastle. Guess how that ended? And of course, landing a helicopter on a US military base. But this, for all of you, is a section of that interview during which Les talks powerfully about the late Cyril Regis, racism in football, and what he believes can be done about it. It's not only important, I think it will fascinate you. Our socios get out an extra big interview and a mini-documentary every month, as well as all of our content advert free. Join us, we need you, at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. You know, I've been in, in the game for 30 odd years now, and um, I think the measure of, of Cyril Regis is that in those 30 odd years, I've never heard a person say a bad word about him. So as a man, and considering what he went through as a football player, um, you know, he, for me, um, at the time of when I was growing up, there wasn't many black players that I used to see on the TV. There was a, 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 a smidgen of black players mm-hmm. that we heard about that played every now and again. They used, maybe in the reserves, played occasionally, was on the bench, may have come on. But the era of Cyril Regis, the late Laurie Cunningham, or I should say the late Cyril Regis, Laurie Cunningham and Brendan Batson, and I remember George Berry being at Wolves at the time. Big central defender, right? Yeah, they, these were the first guys that I saw playing on a regular basis, week in, week out. And it was the first time in my life I was able to, to look at something and say, football, and go, wow, that's perhaps something that I could do. Up until then, I never, ever thought that I could be a professional footballer. Genuinely, you know, honestly. Honestly, and you know, you, know you, you get boys who grow up saying from the day I was whatever I thought was going to be a yeah, pro- yeah. professional footballer um, or wanted to be a professional footballer. But because it was an industry that I didn't think was available to me, it's very difficult to turn around and go, well, that's what I want to do because I just didn't think it was available to me. But until I saw those guys play for West Brom and play on a regular basis, it was the first time I ever thought, well, wow, there might be an opportunity to be a professional footballer here. Just by seeing it, never mind their excellence, by seeing it, it told you, that's something that I can I can aim at. Yeah, Simple you, as that. You can aspire to because until then, you know, my parents would never let me go to football. 
you know, and I won't just put it down to... Even at QPR? Even at QPR. My, my parents would never, ever let me go to, to a football game. My parents came to this country in the 60s mm-hmm. when it was about skinheads and teddy yeah. boys and all that. So my granddad and my, my, my uncles and all those people got into loads of fights just because they were black. Now, football was, back in the, that era, seen as a real hooligan... Um, Channel in the 70s. In the 70s, sure you know, around the, around the globe. Um, yeah. We were renowned for hooliganism in this country. Yeah. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say it was a race thing. It was because of that hooligan element. There was danger that, There was danger. Kid. And you used to see skinheads and so on and so forth. So my parents were like, that's one place you ain't going. Mm. Because we can, we can't guarantee your safety. They, they were right and, too. And, and, yeah, and so, having grown up in the same area yeah, as you, exactly, it was the truth. Yeah, so I was never allowed to go to, to football. So again, it wasn't something that I could go to and aspire to. But once I started seeing on, you know, the likes of Laurie, Cyril, and, and Brendan, um, I've said on numerous occasions that Cyril Regis was one of my heroes. And if you look at Cyril Regis's game and you look at my game, you know, he came out of non-league football at Hayes. The same as I did, and so I always, I always watched Sarah and I thought, I saw I want to model my game on. You know, I saw his power, I saw his pace, and I saw his ability to score goals left, right, headed. And I went, that's who I need to be. And if I have after career that Cyril's had, then I think I've done well in the game. And so, um, yeah, he was, he was one of my big heroes uh, as a player growing up. And you know, I used to watch him, I used to idolise him. And I always say those guys were the trailblazers for us. You know, I, I didn't encounter half of what Cyril, Laurie, Brendan, uh, Clyde Best, even Bob Hazel here at QBR, I didn't encounter half of what those guys encountered. Paul Canaveral at Chelsea. Now, these guys were the trailblazers for us. And uh, Clyde Best probably beyond any of them because he's playing late yeah. 60s in a very high-profile West Ham side yeah. at a time when... That National Front thing is just yeah. beginning to rise and dominate. I mean, I can't speak about it at all, but yeah. from what I've learned, what I've been told. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Clyde Best, and, you know, I had the pleasure of meeting Clyde Best, and it really was a pleasure, not listening to some of the things that he had to go through. No. But just knowing that these people have, you know, blazed a trail for you to, to, to follow in a path. I always, always bow my head and tilt my cap to these guys because what they went through... You know, I know I've, I've gone to Turkey and uh, you know, and I've gone to different places and I've done different things and I've gone into racist environments, but it's never been as harsh as what what those guys suffered. Could you, looking back, could you have coped if if that had been your generation? Um, I have a suspicion, but yeah, I'll, it's I, your I, life. I'd like to think I, I would have been able to cope and cope with it as well as them because as well, what people have to remember is the reactions mm. because. They wasn't only getting it from the supporters, they were getting it from people on the pitch as well. You see people flip now yeah. for the, the, the most innocuous things, but to imagine someone hurling racial abuse at you on the pitch as well and being able to keep your dignity and your calmness to be able to go out and play the game that you need to play to score the goals that you need to score to make sure that your team win. And that's why, that's the part of Cyril Regis that people, Laurie Cunningham, Brendan Bretson, that people don't often talk about talk about what a great player was but to overcome restraint self-restraint yes, self-restraint so their restraint maybe was just purely professional yeah no matter that you've been faced with evil and not too few people use that word yeah when it comes to racism it's just you know it's evil that you're facing yeah 
you can't allow them to dominate you by year. You're sent off every third game, and exactly. then you don't have a career. Yeah, exactly. And so the, the restraint that they, they, they must have shown, or did show, not must have, did yeah. show, um, to have the careers that they had is somewhat immeasurable. And you sit here sometimes and I think, wow, because I see some of the things that, that's going on in Europe at the moment. Mm. You know, some of our, the, the black players going to Europe and mm. stuff that they, they encounter. And I think, wow, it's nothing compared to what the likes of those guys have. But it isn't getting better, is it? I, I thought there was a while whereby it had not been eradicated, but it felt like there had been so much handed down through generations of a change in culture that we were beginning to, if not eradicate it, make it a demonised evil that people could point to anybody who behaved or spoke that way as being automatically, you're in a minority, mm. it's, you know, you're in the wrong and we will show you that. And now, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, looking back from a distance, it, it feels as if we've lost ground, it feels as if it's on the rise. Yeah. What's your attitude to that, your beliefs in that? I think... Um my beliefs in it, I think if you go to the most Premier League games, much better because you're now seeing a mixture of cultures at, at, at games. That, in the crowd? In, in the crowd, that's acceptable. But you go, you go into, into some of these Eastern European places where they don't see black people mm-hmm. and you're just facing the same things that we had in this country 20, 30 years ago. Uh, lack of education. Um, and I don't think the authorities act in the manner um, that they should to eradicate it. Um, I think a lot more can be done. And if I always say, if you want to eradicate something from, from anywhere, you, if, you, if you go to the most extreme measures, then you eradicate it. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were kicked out of Europe for hooliganism, for that period of time, what did we have to do to get ourselves back into Europe? They took the, mo- the strongest measure they could against um, British football. They said, right, you're not playing in Europe anymore. We learned how to behave ourselves. So, including the clubs that hadn't been involved that night, including the administration, which everybody, irrespective of their part on that given night, yeah. had to change, right? Exactly. Okay. And I think when we go to FIFA and uh, and UEFA and say, right, we know that we, we hear chanting from the, this team in this certain competition. I tell you what, if they was to say, right, okay, you no longer play in this competition. Mm. Not that you're, you're playing behind closed doors, you're no longer playing in this competition. You're kicked out of this competition. Mm-hmm. You'll eradicate it. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. You would eradicate if you wanted to. But that's going to the extreme. This is your big interview. This is your mm. so. And I'm taking that as a as a positive of an intelligent stance and as an example of how it worked. Mm. Is it probably not likely that to get authority bodies making those decisions, there have to be people who understand it, black or ethnic minority people in the blazers yeah. saying, well, I see that incident as something that we've seen before that we're trying to eradicate and here's the big decision. You've been warned, you've been fined and here's the big one now. Because... It's impossible to understand why those in authority don't think like you or want to act like you now. Yeah, because they don't feel it, because they don't understand it. And, and you're right, you know, we, we, we've been speaking about it for a long time now in, 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 in the Premier League. It's funny because um, I saw Martin Glenn, who's uh, you know, high up in the FA, and, and, and talk about the new procedures behind BME representation at, at England level. And... <laughs> He, someone asked me the other day, is this lip service or is this a genuine uh, move towards t- 
trying to eradicate this, uh, you know, this stuff in uh, this BME stuff in terms of uh, getting more people into the boardroom, getting mm-hmm. people into in, into administrative positions, uh, more black managers. And I and I said, well, lip service. Okay, let me let me explain something to you. And in the time of saying that they're going to interview a BME candidate for the next England post when it becomes available, but that person has to have a pro license, have to have coached at the highest level in the Premier League. I said, so what that tells me that they're only going to interview Chris Hewton. Because there's no other black manager who has those credentials. So yes, it is lip service mm-hmm. because they know that. So if they know that mm-hmm. and you're going to come out and say, well, this is the criteria you need to, to, to get the job, there's only Chris Hewton that they're going to be able to interview. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. So I'm scared of making a fool of myself by saying things that, you know, sound glib. But I ask you a straight question. For as little as I understand of the Rooney Rule, mm-hmm. which in, in principle, when you read it and try to understand it, it looks as if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's come from the NFL. Yep. And in essence, it says that it's obligatory that there must always be black or ethnic minority candidates when senior jobs in administration or management or governance come up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're grown-ups around this table. We know that you can't govern the mind processes of the people making the decisions no. in the first place. But does it make sense if, if that becomes not just the norm, but the, the law mm-hmm. here in our football, in this football, that gradually people who are either complacent or casually racist or don't even know that they're making racist decisions, Perfect. when they get an opportunity to speak to somebody who's been put on a list because it's obligatory, and then they look and go, oh, that's the right candidate. Yeah, yeah. Is, is it, am I being too simplistic, or is there a possibility that gradually the gates of opportunity are opened that way? Well, I don't think you're being simplistic. I think you're being... Um, it's, it's pretty clear that is the, the way forward, because if you look at how the, the Rooney Rule 
came to existence and the way it, it, it transformed what they were doing in, 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 in NFL was because of that, that same reason, that they gave someone an opportunity to interview. And he may not have got the job, but the next the next owner of this franchise talking to the next owner of the franchise, well, bloody hell, I interviewed, blah, blah. And I tell you what, I was really impressed with him. Um, he's worth interviewing. So all of a sudden, you get, you're getting through to an interviewing process. At the moment, the whole problem is we're not even getting to an interviewing process because, especially in the Premier League, in the Premier League, the club know the next managers before they select the one they've got mm-hmm. nine times out of ten. So there's no interviewing process. But if you make it obligatory that you have to, mm. then you may get a candidate come through the door and he may be that impressive. You know, I remember sitting down with Daniel Levy and talking about um, one of the, 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 the managers that he interviewed for one of the jobs at Tottenham. And I won't, I, I probably, it's not probably right to say his name, no, no. but he interviewed him and he said, when I looked at his, um, his presentation, yeah. he said, at the time I wasn't thinking I was going to give him a job, but when I looked at his presentation and the way he spoke to me, I said, he said to me, he sacked him, and then he said to me afterwards, he said, I've got to be honest, if he came in with the same presentation and, and, and the way he spoke to me, I'd probably give him the job again. Do you know what I mean? He was that, he was that impressive. And so what we're yeah. talking about is just getting an opportunity to come yep. through the door and being able to sit down and have a conversation and say, well, this is my ideas. This is what I think I can do for your football club. You may not get the job, but it just gives you an opportunity to put your, your, your case forward. If we go back to when um, I remember, although not growing up in a community where there were a lot of... Um, you know, people from different cultures, different coloured skins. It just was where I grew up, it wasn't. Mm. So therefore, when I first heard people talking about Viv Anderson as he broke through and made his England debut, and I heard some of the things that people said on, on, on television, mm-hmm. which they weren't intended to be a put-down, they were ridiculous. Mm. Wait till the winter comes, muddy pitch, whatever. Yeah. And from that to now, talent has meant that when you're buying footballers, you, you know... Colour has no, he's no bias. Only about the 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 search for talent is so hungry yeah. that you sign whoever's got the ability. With that diffusion of successful black footballers, how is it even possible that in that merry-go-round where you always kind of know why aren't people stepping off and saying, "Well, this fella has got exactly the same CV background. I saw in him this, these words that you say about." White footballers. I saw in him on the training ground when he was only 27 yeah. the ability to lead and teach. Well, different about black players. I, I always think when you look at the interviewing process, people say, say to me, you know, you've made it into the boardroom. I said, yeah, but my, my own's are from an ethnic minority background. And I said, and look, when you look at places like the FA um, and you look at well established establishments where these guys work, let's go a generation from them. And their, their families were being served by black people. Their families were being served by an So you're not going to change their mindset. They don't see you on the same level as them. My kids coming through. Your kids coming through. Um, my kids' kids coming through. They don't see colour. They don't see colour. Yeah, exactly. You know, when, my, when my son comes home with, with his friends, they'll be, they're, they're Indian, they're Chinese, they're white, they're, exactly. they're black. Yeah. There's, there's a mixture of, of friends that he come, and they all go out together they will change the mindsets of the people that go into the, the next boardrooms. I ain't going to be able to do it, unfortunately. I can do my part, yeah. what I do now, and hopefully show people that there is an opportunity. And I think a lot of the, the, the with the role that I'm, I'm playing at the moment, a lot of footballers come out of football and think, I don't know the academia side of what goes on in, in, in this part when you come across the, the other side of the wall. But I say, but the people that are the CEOs and... 
you know, chairman and all that. They have the owners. They have expertise in in other businesses. And most of them are university educated. Probably 95%, 98% of footballers don't come from a university background. They come from working class families. So we struggle a little bit with the academia, but we can learn that. But what those people can't learn is what we did out on the football pitch. Nailed it. And so we shouldn't be frightened to want to say, right, we're going back into education to educate ourselves. Because, listen, I don't know everything I know to, needed to know about contracts and everything when I came in. But I'm learning. I'm, v- I'm learning very quickly. And that's where, you know, I think some footballers will come out and say, right, yeah, I want to go into that with, administrative side. Recently with Brewster at Liverpool, who did a brilliant interview with The Guardian and Eniluco, it, it, it seems to me that the FA is is where the focal point of change mm. needs to happen and they don't want to change so we're stuck in this cycle but now we're doing the best we can and all that you know it's would would would, would you go there in the right circumstances if there comes a, a time when they go okay we accept that we, we have to change and we can't change it ourselves yeah. would, would would that attract you could have you got the desire to be the guy who sets new standards from within, not from within the game, but from within the FA? If I could help, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Because, I, you know, a lot a lot of the things that go on, is like like you said, you know, the Luco case, it's only because of miseducation and misunderstanding. You know, who's doing that? Who's doing the process of the due diligence on what happened? How does that person feel to, to, to what's happened? How do they know how a Luco felt? Just making it up as they go along. Mm. And then realising at the end of it, oh, well, we've, we've done this wrong. So now we have to make changes. I'm not um, here enough. I'm also not smart enough to know whether we're actually at a moment of change. But it feels like we could yeah. be at a pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that excites me a lot, you have talked a great deal before and here about seeing Brendan Batson and Laurie and Cyril. And for a long time, England football teams, England football teams can't play football. And now, double world champions, um, runners-up at European Championship level. There's a generation coming through, you know, a pass and a technical, and they've won tournaments and things that England players have been good enough to do. Mm. I haven't done in the past. But I haven't done in the past. And if you look at the makeup of their team, seventy yeah. percent ethnic minorities that are different from you know kids that. Maybe you grew up with in your day, I grew up with mine. And that is setting a chain of... There's, there's a little Les Ferdinand sitting watching that team, mm-hmm. you know, that took Spain apart in the World Cup final. Yeah. Thinking, boy, that's me. Yeah. And it's funny, though, because I think it was uh, I think it was 56% BME representation on, on the pitch. But when you pan to the bench, there wasn't one. I didn't know that. There wasn't one. In both, in both teams, there wasn't... Any any BME candidate in terms of coaching you're talking about coaching I see um, physio you know because it's you know when you look at a bench it's not always just the the the, True, there's the a coaches group, there's, on, a team. there's a group yeah. there's a team there's the doctor there's the physio there's there's all there's all sorts of people on that bench and when you pan to the bench mm. of all them celebrating there was no one of a BME it's same old same old exactly. Now, I hope and believe you enjoyed that little free excerpt. For the full interview, head to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Do it now. 
Sign up and you'll unlock all our archive interviews. And every month in 2018, we will be producing a mini-documentary exclusive to socios, exclusive to members. It's the best deal in town, baby. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.